Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. We're here to answer all of your film questions, but as you've seen the title already, not this week. I'll explain further in a moment, but it's your main man Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's safe out there. How are we doing guys? (laughs) Matt Guy here. Hope everyone's doing all right this evening. (laughs) I mean, I'm second main man then or third main man. (laughs) You just have to like Pick a, pick a position and just go for it, I find. Well. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> Stu, hello. And with this this week, friend of the pod, Jordan Russell. Jordan, how are we doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. How are you, Yacht? Uh, as part of your introduction to the, the, the latest cage fighter, we've got a few questions for you. Right, first off the bat, what is your favourite Nick Cage film? I've gone with... The Frozen Ground. That's a really interesting choice. Yeah, not one I expected at all. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not I'm not massive on Cage. Like, <laughs> and it's pretty, uh, yeah, I'm not massive on him. But I actually like him in The Frozen Ground. Um, and I don't know why, really, because he hasn't even got that good of an IMDb rating. I just really like the film. I don't know what it is. Like, obviously, he's, um, for people who haven't seen it, he... Um, Basically, gets accused of like raping. Innocent, he gets found like not guilty, or at least he's innocent of raping Vanessa Ann Hudgens, if that's a name. Then all of a sudden, just all unravels and unravels, and actually, he's a bit of a dirty pedo on it all, and uh, he gets caught. I don't know. I just really like that film with Nicholas Cage in, and uh, obviously, Fifty Cent comes in and makes the film even better <laughs> as the pimp. <laughs> I mean, looking at that cast list, we've got Nick Cage, Fifty Cent, as you mentioned. Dean Norris from Breaking Bad and John yeah. Cusack returns another crazy <laughs> bastard John Cusack so <laughs> I imagine that would be quite high on the, uh, the the crazy list when we finally get round to looking at that one <laughs> uh, so the second question are we going sweet salted or no popcorn at the cinema if I if I would if I did go with popcorn often salted um but good I'm man not, I'm not a massive like popcorn fan at the cinema and the reason why is I just think people are just fucking loud with it, aren't they? People yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, it does make right like, answer. So, like, me and my friends started when we got back from uni. We end up, basically, it was just an excuse to get together midweek and have a beer and go and watch a film. We had we created something called the Wednesday Night Cinema Club. So, every Wednesday, we go and watch a film. And, yeah, sort of, it just always annoys me when people are eating popcorn or, like, fidgeting with popcorn. It does my head in. We went to watch... Um, Star Wars, whenever that when was it? Was it last Christmas? It just feels like a real long year. It was last Christmas when it the last yeah, installment, yeah. and then um, wasn't even a year, yeah, bloody hell. And um, someone in front was just really when I mean they were just proper like gouging, popcorn, <laughs> like, like, in it, like almost like you know, like see a chimpanzee, like eat that was that big scoop, and like, and it's like. <laughs> You've got to shut up, man. If you can't, if you can't eat in a like a nice, polite way, you should not be eating. You shouldn't be in public for one, but you shouldn't be eating in public. So, 
Yeah. If I had to go, it would definitely be salted, but yeah, I'm I'm not really a massive popcorn fan at the cinema. Yeah, you, you definitely have my team with that one. <laughs> uh, and the third question is, if you could watch only one film for the rest of time, what film would that be? When people have said this in the past, is it do you go with a light-hearted feeling film, or because obviously the best ones are usually a bit gripping and a bit a bit daunting, really, to I suppose, and a bit grim mm. to watch over and over. Like my favourite film of all time, I think Shutter Island. Ooh. I think, yeah, but I don't think, but I couldn't watch that on repeat because it's fucking miserable. Like it's pretty <laughs> dark. Um, I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh guys. man, you, you've clearly not listened to our kick-ass yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, Twenty seconds. So. I think I'd go for something really light and light and warm and I think possibly something like Cool Runnings. Just because you can mess <sighs> around, you can look at your phone, you can look up, John Candy's on the screen, look back down, you know, they're going down the bobsled and all of them in the back. I just like that film. It's a great film. Very light-hearted. And, um, yeah, I think if you want something on repeat, it's got to be quite warm and not serious. Anything too serious is going to be pretty shit i think yeah you, you couldn't sit watching like godfather back to back over and over as great as, as good as they are yeah you need to be it's like same as like lord of the rings in it or anything or i know you're not lord of the rings oh, come on is that right you're not are you know andy no I, not, I no no <laughs> um but something you know like or batman trilogy or anything like anything like that you've got to you've got to be in the mood for it so yeah i'll go with cool runnings yeah i think I, I in in form in form and half months of doing this, this that's the first mention that Cool Runs has had. No. Yeah, it probably is. Oh my god. Yeah, it doesn't right. get the love it deserves. Yeah, considering Transformers gets mentioned every week and again now. It's <laughs> never come up. Not once. Uh, I'm sure we'll rectify that in the near future. Apologies now, because it's that time of year, so there's going to be fireworks going off. And I do have a dog in the household who doesn't like fireworks, so you might hear the occasional bark. So just a warning for you all. So Jordan is our second ever guest on the podcast. You may remember our first, Mr. David Evans. Dave's got his own podcast, A Daft Question, and yours truly was on the latest episode. That's episode five that was released this week. Make sure you give it a download, or if you want, you can go to YouTube where you'll be able to see my mug in living colour. If only I knew they were recording it, I would have like made a little bit more of an effort for the video, but what can be done, eh? Never mind. So as I said at the top of the episode, this is going to be a slight different one this week. We're going back to our top fives. Uh, the recommendation was by Jordan. Jordan, why Will Ferrell? I think, I don't even know how it come about really, because I think we were just talking generally in the after recording a Wolves fancast episode and started talking about Will Ferrell, I think it come around from a Eurovision and basically me saying, I think it's his best film in a while. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, so what, what is good? What hasn't been good? And then I think it's all just stemmed into this, right, let's do a top five on Will Ferrell. So yeah, for me, I think he's, um, some of his latest stuff's been dreadful. Mm. Um, but Eurovision was actually quite a nice surprise, really, with Rachel McAdams. And it, it was very lighthearted, and I, I fully enjoyed it. It was a bit saft, like you get with Ferrell. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, it sort of snowballed into, let's do a top five Will Ferrell films, which I don't <laughs> think Matt's very happy about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stu, I know like you spoke quite strongly about your uh, enjoyment of Eurovision. Are you generally a fan of Will Ferrell? It's pretty much pretty similar, really. It's when when we, this came up, the ones that stuck in my head and the ones 
predominantly on the list uh, from a while ago. Mm. And I was looking down the IMDb list of stuff that he's made and 60, 70% I've never even watched. <laughs> and I thought, well, reading the synopsis as well, it's like, I know why, because I've got no interest in them. <laughs> even though me with my stupid films, I probably would like them, but I've just got some... If comedy don't hit right, it don't hit right. It's not a good film, is it? You can't even take mm. a piece out of it if comedy doesn't work. So I'm always a bit trepidatious for things like that. But yeah, I mean, in the films that are my top five is, well, the top four plus one um, <laughs> are films that I genuinely really love. So I've got no real problem with it. But yeah, oh. if if you come on here saying Adam Sandler, I might have had coronavirus and had to self-isolate for two weeks. <laughs> that's that <laughs> now, Matt I know you're a big fan of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind I feel that Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell they both sort of started off on a similar foot in being primarily comedians mm-hmm. Jim Carrey sort of went down the route of trying to do a little bit more dramatic but yes. Will Ferrell's never really taken that plunge has he? I know he did Stranger Than Fiction but he's never tried that the dramatic roles and I've never quite figured out why he hasn't tried to do quote-unquote proper acting. Yeah, it's, I mean, a comfort factor. You know, people very much enjoy the, well, for the purposes of this podcast, I've called it the feral, feral scale, as in, like, how crazy, (laughs) like, can he be? Um, And I think, you know, there's a comfort in that, in that he, 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 He's very typecasting some of the roles that he does. It, uh, and in order to always have a consistent audience, there's always going to be people wanting to watch that. So from an ambitious point of view, I don't think there's a requirement for him to do that. It's not going to like, he's not going to be getting roles unless he branches out into something a little more um, dramatic or something like that. And maybe he just doesn't feel challenged as an actor like he needs to. Um, I, I kind of get the feeling that, he, he doesn't seem the type, like, I don't know if he's ever done any kind of musicals or something like that, or Broadway or anything like that, but he doesn't seem to me like the kind of actor just watching interviews and stuff that really revels in the idea of being famous and Hollywood and everything like that. So keeping his career relevant by doing these dramatic roles doesn't really appeal to him, just from what I, from what I can gather. And, you know, it doesn't always work. And how how quickly in the business that actors are in can a career plummet on the back of one really bad performance or one performance where he doesn't hit the right notes? Maybe there's a fear there from him in, in that respect. Right, so we'll do our top five, five to one. We'll go around the table. I'll kick us off. Number five is a film called The House. Will Ferrell's okay in it, to be perfectly honest. It's um, it's probably not his finest moment, but it's a film starring Jason Manzoukis, who I am a huge fan of. He plays Rafi in The League. And he's just the kind of guy I will watch in anything, even though all of his characters are kind of samey. We know why we need the yes. money. What's in it for you? Well, full disclosure, the bank has foreclosed on my home. Oh, uh, Frank. There we go. So this money would help me get that back. That's pretty much why Raina left me. No, that's not why Raina left you. It's because you started gambling on golf. Yeah. Sure. Well, not just golf, but... And okay. you developed an online porn addiction. Okay. So I really enjoyed it for the other people in the film. Amy Poehler's also in it, and I love Amy Poehler, obviously, of Parks and Rec fame. So my fifth place is a film called The House. Mm, I really like The House. It's, um, it didn't quite make my list, but I really, really enjoyed it watching it. Um, 
and I don't think like if there was ever a film on this list that will be considered Marmite, it'll be this one because the reviews go from the going extremes to worst uh, performance of, of Ferrell's career and and worst film of his career to to really high up there on an underrated gem. And it's um I don't know how I, I don't know how this film can be so polarizing because it's not like it's offensively bad in any area. Nor, nor is it laugh out loud funny. You know, you need a box of tissues because you're going to be crying with laughter the whole way through. So I'm not sure. I don't know how it polarizes people so much. No, but it, it really did. Like, I remember the the reviews actually say they was like it's the worst film of was it 2018 was it when mm. it was released? Mm-hmm. And it it really wasn't like it's a perfectly serviceable film with a couple of really good performances in there. So Matt, what's your uh, fifth position? My fifth position. I don't think we'll get to talk about because I think Stu will have it further up the list. Is uh, Eurovision? So presumably, <laughs> Stu has that. Stu, am I am I guessing correctly? It, it, it could feature mine higher than five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll we'll talk about it when we get to it. Then. Right. So, Stu, what's your fifth? My fifth one stars Sean William Scott. So it's old school. Yeah. Good film. That that was in contention for my yeah. fifth place as well. Yeah, as well. My fifth as well. It was close. Oh, so I thought this one was was a, a guarantee that it would be higher on other people's, but mainly because of other people in the film rather than him. But I think watching it now is more impactful than watching it at the time, especially considering how old we are now. And it's it's a, very much a rediscover your youth and kind of hold on to it the best you can kind of situation and. I think I watched it about five years ago, something like that. And I've already been a dad for four years and married for <laughs> five. And at that point, it was like, oh, I don't know exactly where they're coming from in this situation. Obviously, <laughs> she, hadn't, she hadn't gone sleeping around with <laughs> other people, which was what led to the start of it. But no, I just really liked the film. I thought every, everyone in it is, you know, like every single one on this list, they're all silly in their own way. And... It's just one of the things that I can really I can relate to more now than when I watched it first time. So it sneaks in at number five for me. I, I liked in that film the Dan Band who makes it at their appearance. They've been in a few different films. They're in The Hangover and Starsky and Hutch doing like sexually charged versions of songs. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like that bit. I thought that was really funny. And it's he plays Frank the Tank, if I remember correctly. That's yes, the character yeah, name. Yeah. He very much steals the show in that film, I thought. Yeah, I think he's the best. I think he steals the film, I do. I do think it's mm. like, it's a bit of a cameo, but he's very, very good in it. And the, the much missed, not she's dead, but um, Alicia Cuthbert from 24. Yeah, did you don't see her anymore, she's do you? She's dead. No, she might no. as well be. But she just won. She just disappeared. Like Eliza Dushku and all the others. Yeah, I think she was like my first film crush, like proper, like in the Girl Next Door, just like. Oh, what a film! Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Oh, there's a question for a question cast in future. Is your first film crush? Yeah, mind you, I I feel I want to reveal on the show now. My first ever crush was from TV, and it was. Do you remember Katie Hill from Blue Peter? Yes. yes. Don't remember Katie Hill with, with those thigh highs. He's too yeah. old, remember? Oh, yeah. So you're yeah. Right. More, more John Noakes. That area. Oh, no. yeah, John Noakes. I would have been Anthea the Body Turner. That would have been my level. Uh, <laughs> <Anthea the Body Turner. laughs> that would have been my level. 
Uh, George, what's your number five? Um, so I've gone with Talladega Nights. <laughs> oh, yeah. list again. Right, okay. Uh, make so as well, to be fair. And, uh, <laughs> the fourth spot on mine. Cool. One down. So, back to mine then. Blades of Glory. That could have made mine. It, yeah, it's such a good film. Out. I think that film is superb. Again, not so much for Will Ferrell. I love Amy Poehler and Will Arnett in it, playing the brother and sister combo there, the, the bad guys in the film. And they're playing brother and sister, but in real life they were married at the time. So there was this horrible subtext of some <laughs> kind of incestual relationship played to perfection. <laughs> it was so funny. It was incredible. And also a big fan of Jenna Fisher from The Office. And she was so sweet and lovable, and you really felt for any it. I, I just thought it was a really lovely film. And John Head is another one who's sort of gone the way of uh, Alicia Cuthbert. In, he's kind of vanished and you just don't see him in much. But off the back of that and uh, Napoleon Dynamite, he was primed for a big career that never quite happened. Such a shame, really. Yeah, definitely. I think the only reason it didn't feature on mine was because it was too out. I'd already got one or two on this list that was already quite mad. So I, I kind of, I had to, I had to Rain cut it. it. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, I mean, the re- all the rest I saw, well, I would have seen when they came out and mm. Blades of Glory was one I watched later on. So it was, it was nitpicking to be on my list, but yeah, it is another tick. Good. Uh, right, so Matt, what's your fourth? So my fourth is Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby. Um, <laughs> we might as well go into it. Stu, where is it on yours? Out of interest. Fourth, fourth as well. So this this one, this film for me, I, I only watched it last night again in preparation because I thought it's been so long since I've seen it. And I really like... Um, now, we, we've already like alluded to this, that actually is Will Ferrell um, held up is he made better by the cast around him? And in this film, yes, but I actually think his performance is equally as good. So Sasha Baron Cohen is excellent in, in this film. Um, really, really excellent. Um, John C. Riley, obviously as well, is his, is his psychic role as he is so often. But Will Ferrell is this rooting, tooting, NASCAR, God-fearing American. He's just so good. Like, it's really amazing. The, like the, the It's one of these... I know that the joke's coming, so I'm already laughing about it. Like he does, he, he does grace around the table when he, when he talks about about baby Jesus and his wife says to him, his wife says to him, you know, Jesus was a man, and he goes, yeah, but I like little baby Jesus, and then he goes, eight pound, four ounce Jesus. <laughs> your tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled up fist. Pawn he was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the damn grace. Okay. Dear eight pound, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus. Don't even know a word yet. Just a little infant, so cuddly, mm. but still omnipotent. It's just silly stuff like that. And it's the, it's the accents as well. It's the way yeah. he says it. And there's a lot about Will Ferrell that when it comes to his ad lib work as well. So when they do a lot of the adverts within the he's that the Ricky Bobby is doing, especially on the blooper reel, that you know it's so funny, really good. 
And I, I just, I, of all of the sports-related Will Ferrell films, this is definitely my favourite, without question. If you call NASCAR a sport, which you would argue, maybe. Well, Stu, you would. You like F1. I don't like NASCAR, though. <laughs> I have a half a brain. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, Todd, before... <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean, yeah. Obviously, I like F one, and obviously with Sasha Baron Cohen, Jean was it Jean Giroud or Girard or John, something like that? John Girard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's been a while since I was, but yeah, that the whole thing. I mean, obviously, I, I love motorsport anyway, and I've, I've said that numerous times on here and fancast. But yeah, it just it's a bit like when we've when we've talked about football films and authenticity and stuff in the past, and this you could imagine this being real, <laughs> however. Yeah, yeah. However mental it is, these characters, however exaggerated, are spot on. And it's... I mean, we've all... Well, as you say, we've all seen... Like um, Jean Lacey, an old uh, F1 driver, who I wouldn't be surprised if he based the character on because he was a bit of a twat back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love it. Absolutely love it. And it was on your list as well, wasn't it, Jordan? Yeah, number five. It was your fifth. So, why did you put it in, on your list? Um, it's just uh, the best feral is when you actually fully immerse yourself in the character. And like, as Ricky Bobby, it's just funny. It's just like when he's doing the uh, when he when he's running around the track saying he's on fire, and like when he's like doing this with his hair, he's like with his hands and stuff. It's just like oh, uh, like it just the best ferals where you get snippets of just pure. Gold, like ninety second to three minute, just comedy gold. So yeah, it's more so for the moments than the. I've, I think with Will Ferrell, you can argue that none of the films are actually great films. It's just the moments. It's how many moments are in the film. Mm. Yeah, so, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, make it so good. So yeah, for me, it's a yeah, it's a very funny film and one of one of his better ones for me for sure. Great stuff. So. That was your fourth as well, didn't you say, Stu? So, Jordan, what's your fourth pick? So, I've got slightly a bit off-piste. Um, I've gone for Wedding Crashers, and it would be higher because it's one of my favourite films, um, but it's just because he plays such a small part in it. And um, just purely, like like I say, talk about those moments. I think as like a snippet or a as a, I suppose, a cameo in a film, Honestly, it just makes my be- like belly roll every time watching. <laughs> when it's just in the house, just go shouting about Ma, the meatloaf, fuck. <laughs> no, it's just like, like, but Wedding Crash itself is just a fantastic film. Like you know, with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, um, Rachel McAdams, Isla Fisher. It's just a real Christopher Walken's in it as well, isn't he? Mm, yeah, just, I just love that film. And then Bradley Cooper, obviously as well. Um, of course, yeah. yes. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I just love that film. But as like I say, as a Will Ferrell moment, I think that's possibly the best for me. It's it's my best Will Ferrell character. I just I know it's so short, but I could watch a film of him. Honestly, that that character. <laughs> if there was a spin-off, I'd just watch it. I just I'll be there straight away. Yeah, so Wedding Crashes is one of the few films with Vince Vaughn in that I really like. Generally, yeah. as an actor, I've got no time for him, but in that. I don't know if it's because Owen, he's Owen Wilson in Owen that Wilson, one. yeah. I don't know if it's because he's very likeable. He pulls you through the film. But mm. he even makes Vince Vaughn seem less of a twat. So I, I really <laughs> like Wedding Crashes. So do you not like, so you, you're you not a Dodgeball fan then? Dodgeball's good. Um, I'll, I'll, that's it. He did those two. 
But I, I think everything like, else yeah. I've seen of Heath, he just he does nothing for me. I quite like the internship as well, which when him and Noam Wilson go and work at Google. I don't know if you've mm. seen. I, I couldn't. I started it and I couldn't didn't get like it. it. No. But then, like Vince Vaughn in True Detective season two, I was, I was, like, I was just going to say that car crash. I just didn't like it. I, like, no. yeah, it just didn't work for me. I, I quit that after 35 minutes like, <laughs> right near the end of the first episode i see shit turned it off and that was it done did anybody see the breakup with vince vaughan and um jennifer aniston jennifer aniston what did you think i, I quite it. liked it i quite liked it i um no had no time for it, <laughs> oh, well, it well, well, well. I, I think my problem was is it the trailer for it sold a different film. Okay. The trailer yeah, was that. quite a, a snippy back and forth, and it wasn't that at all. It was a lot more. It was a lot more in depth. And in retrospect, I think if I'd watched it now, I'd probably appreciate it more. But seeing it at the time, it wasn't what I wanted to see, so mm. it just died for me. It's interesting. Like, sorry, sorry, Jeet. Go on, go on. I was going to say this is why we don't. You shouldn't watch trailers anymore. Just, to, just don't do it. Just, just read what it's vaguely about, and then just go in blind. It's the best way to be. You're probably not wrong, to be honest. The other thing I do like with Vince Vaughn, which is very, very early Vince Vaughn. Have you ever seen Swingers with John Favreau? Yes. That film's a classic. And I think it might be because Vince Vaughn plays a twat in it. So it's sort of like, that's what I expect him to be, just a dick. <laughs> so it kind of works for me. He's good in um, fighting with my family, but he's only a bit, bit, bit part player in that, isn't he, to be fair? Yeah. Yeah. He plays sure. a dick in that as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got form for it, I think. Uh, so my third place, and I changed it to, with the second place, and then I've changed it back. My third place is Anchorman, and that features higher in others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll come to that one shortly then. So on to yourself, Matt. Uh, my third place um, is Anchorman as well. Funnily enough, it's it's not well. We'll move on to it, but it's not it's not up there for me as the best Will Ferrell film, which I think it will be for maybe Jordan, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stu, number three for yourself, Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, no, it's number two for me. So number three, I've got Step Brothers. I was expecting that to feature on at least Stu's list, but I'm guessing... it no. it's on it's on, uh, it, it's, it's on my list, but it's it, we, we, it's two and a throw in between the two, so I'm happy to uh, happy to thrash out Step Brothers. Yeah, you, you go on with it, Matt. Well, for me, it's just it's just another John C. Riley, just um, Matt, like you know, double act. Um, it's one of those where it's full, just full of like the one-liners that you can discuss and you can you can laugh at, and uh, it, it's in a more childish role than a lot of the ones that he does. So, the, my favourite Will Ferrell roles are probably like the more like, quite straight-laced ones, like like Daddy's Home or or, or or the other guys or something like that. And but in this, he gets to place like a a, 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 a man-child. And the fact that you see a scrotum on a drum kit is, is, is <laughs> there is something that, that, that I need. And, you know, anytime there's a posh event on, it's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. That's the story. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, pow pow. Exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's just got so many, so many bits like that. And um, the, there's some really like spit your drink out funny moments in it as well. Like the white dog shit and, and everything else. <laughs> some really, really excellent parts in it. 
So when we was doing when I was working out my list for this for the fifth place, it was between the house, Step Brothers, and Old School. So to try and make my mind up, I thought I'll, I'll watch Step Brothers again. I only made an hour read, and I'm like, actually, this is awful. I just really? couldn't get with it. Could not get with it. The only thing I laughed at was Catherine Hahn's character, who's married to um, Will Ferrell's brother. I, I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, when when she tries to seduce John C. Riley on the doorstep, <laughs> that that really tickled me. But that was the only thing I laughed at. It just didn't do it for me. Come on, George, join the fight. Get, let's make it two to one. <laughs> yeah, it's a great. For, yeah, for me, it's just it's got so many moments again. Um, when the when they make the boat and um, when they do the video in the restaurant about um the the wrap on the boat. Oh my god, I and forgot about that completely. Yeah. <laughs> and they're saying about putting liquid nitrogen on a bee and it died and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. It's like security, <laughs> maintenance. But, it's just all this stuff. Hose. Yeah, so funny. Boats and hose. Yeah, exactly that. And yeah, when when they're doing the sleepwalking and. Yeah, oh, there's so many, there's just so many funny moments in it for me, and uh, yeah, the white dog shit's up there as well. And he's just like, look, the white dog crap, <laughs> <laughs> just screaming with his face so close to it. It's ah. Oh. If you don't come over here and lick that white dog shit, I'm gonna plow into your nose with my fist. I am not licking any white dog shit. I'll lick the dog shit if you leave us alone. Dale, you're not licking dog shit, okay? Dude, they're kids. No, it's just dog it's shit. It's ridiculous. Hello, how are you? Yeah, for me, it's, yeah, it's a great film, and I, I think he works really good with John C. Riley. Obviously, Talladega Nights works really well as well. So, uh, yeah, I love it. I haven't watched it for a bit of time, but yeah, for me, it's it's. Uh, I think it's more so what I was probably about like teenager years. So it's sort of like you sort of resonate that film with that time frame and the amount of times me and my mates watched it pissed up. It was just, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think, sorry, Stu, carry on. I was going to say, this is making me think that I've made an error here putting um, old school in, in place of Step Brothers because I haven't, I haven't seen it since I watched it the first time around. And I don't, I, I really don't know. think. Now we're talking about it now. I don't know why I've not watched it for a long time. <laughs> and I think oh, that's what I'm going to do in a minute when we finish doing this. <laughs> Progress. I do like John C. Riley. I think John C. Riley's a really good actor, and he's got he's someone who's shown that he's got a decent range on him as well. Mm. You know, it is very much. It could have been quite easily pigeonholed into this type of comedy, into this genre. But then you see him go on and do actual dramatic roles and. If I remember correctly, was he Oscar nominated or at least Golden Globe nominated a few years back? Mm. I think he's a he's a very talented actor and um, I think he deserves a little bit more respect than what he's uh, given a lot of the time, to be honest. He doesn't take himself too seriously, though, does he? I think that helps. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I never got round to watching the Holmes and Watson, which obviously is a Will Ferrell film. I'm assuming that appears on nobody's list because I've heard it was terrible. It's got and it got like a three point four, right? It's like it was like the worst. Yeah, people... IMDb showing at three point eight at the moment. Yeah, I've never even watched it. Like, I heard enough bad things about it to even not even give it a go. Yeah, I very nearly watched it just because the wrestler Braun Strowman was in it. <laughs> and I thought I'm not paying twelve quid or whatever to go and see that <laughs> shit just for a wrestler. Yeah, Matt, apparently, I think there must be a scene where they have a fight, and <laughs> Strowman is who they're fighting against. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. Yeah, in retrospect, I'm glad I didn't uh, waste my money on that one. <laughs> 
Uh, so my second place, and I will be stunned if any of you have got this, Jay and Silent Bob strike back. No, no, I don't know, but I, I, if you'd have put, if you'd have asked me to put my mortgage on one that I know you would have, it would have been this. <laughs> yeah, I'm a massive fan of the View Ask universe, as it's known. I think the whole, so like obviously you've got Clerks, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, and then Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I love the fact that you've got films about like the most important things in life work friendship then it's about love and then uh, religion and then you've got jay and silent bob strike back which is basically two stoners trying to cross <laughs> america to stop a film being made all the while they're being chased by will ferrell's character who plays marshall will and holly he doesn't really play the the biggest part in the film obviously it's about jay and silent bob so it's their adventure so it's more to do with i think the fact that i love this film and it, it speaks to me as like a I think it was 90, no, it was 2001, I think it was released. Wow. So I would have been 18. It would have been like the prime time for me to watch this film. It just resonates perfectly, that whole series. And as a kid who like grew up loving films, and then you see someone like Kevin Smith who went on and he sold his comic book collection to make his first film. So like it's just like a nerd done well, and I really appreciate when people do that. So Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back for me is, is up there as one of my, my favourites. It's not incredible by any stretch, but it's fun. And as Jordan said before, I saw it at the right time. And wasn't, I think that's um, why it's there for me. Wasn't Jericho in the... There's been a sequel recently, isn't Jericho in it? Yes, he's in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. He's friends with Kevin Smith, so they've yep. done each other's podcasts and stuff. And uh, Oh, OK. Kevin Smith's appeared for AEW and whatnot. So, yeah, um, he appears in that one. So it's the latest one, which, to be fair, that's also a really good film. I'd recommend anyone to sit through all of the uh, the View Ask Universe movies. They're, they're wonderfully batshit. And because he's a pop culture geek, he knows how to talk about things that like really hit home if you're into your Star Wars and Jaws and, and everything like that. I have a, a, a horrifying admission. I've, I've seen only seen Clerks out of any of them. <gasps> My word. Clerks to be fair, is probably the best one. Is High Fidelity is in that universe, is it? No. No, no, no. No, it's a different one. Jay and Silent Bob is the first one out of that whole universe I saw. I oh, wow. But there's so many, like, back references that you just wouldn't get if you yeah, hadn't no, seen that, them. That's what I mean. I, I think Goldie dragged me to it. I, pr- more than likely, it was one of Goldie or Dean who I went with. And I don't know who Kevin Smith was. I don't know anything about because I wasn't really... Mm. When you're talking what, 2001, so early days of IGN websites even existing, so yeah, and with them being more the comics than me, I was never apart from Star Wars that was my thing, but I was never like I am now about it all with figures on the wall and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that that film got me into that whole Kevin Smith cult, mm. so to speak, and then did the back catalogue when I knew about it, and then watched it again. And yeah, yeah, agree. Superb. And really, that's why I love Ben Affleck. Like, I will forgive Ben Affleck any shit just because he was in Mallrats. I, I don't know why. It's just anyone who's connected to that thing, I feel quite protective of. So yeah, Batfleck is the best Batman, hands down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Matt, what's your number two? So my number two was. Um was step brothers uh was it yep it was step brothers so 
I believe. What was what was yours, uh, George? Anchorman's my number two. Stu, yeah. what's your number two? I to and fro this for two weeks. <laughs> so let's just say up until a few months ago this would have been number one so it's elf i fully expected elf to be your number one knowing what a christmas geek you are yeah it's <laughs> okay do elf, elf and then we'll do anchorman to uh before yeah, we get elf, to the final elf was the i think i was it's all the christmas films that you expect at home alone and blah 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 I didn't see Elf until probably about 10 years ago. <laughs> Unbelievably, mm. I never watched it. And I know Lynn who made a cameo appearance on this pod a few weeks ago on the uh, comic book special. She was the one who loved Elf and still, obviously still does. And she said, you need to watch it. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. And now every single year since then, it's the first Christmas film I've watched. Like midway, midway through November, put it on and... I just love it. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's just, and you've got Zoe de Chanel as well to look at, which is always good. Um, but it's again, it's the man baby thing, it's the man child thing, which is what Will Ferrell's excellent at. And it's it's a role just no one else could do this. Well, maybe Jim Carrey, but it'd be completely different. But you can't see anyone else in the kind of warm idiot role. <laughs> Which is ironic, being a Christmas film about the snow, um, as him in this, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. Yeah, I, knowing you as I do, I fully expected that to be your number one. Um, unsurprisingly, I don't like it. <laughs> Happy, that's why. <laughs> I don't like Jodie Chanel. <gasps> I, I find her whole gimmick really fucking annoying. She's all, you... she's the same in everything. The manic pixie bollocks. Oh, no, nah, not for me. Is this like when you don't like Claudia Winkleman either. It's probably a similar thing. Just, just want to shake him with him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shake Claudia Winkleman, but not in the way that you're talking about, Andy. <laughs> That's for sure. To see if her hair really is that glossy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good save. <laughs> I I only um, can you believe this? I only saw Elf last year, first time, because oh. Christmas films don't do anything for my black heart. So <laughs> um, I only saw it for the first time last year. I'm starting to warm towards them, which is um, good for something that we may or may not be announcing later on. Um, <laughs> but I uh, Elf, it was, it was absolutely serviceable as a Christmas film, I guess. Um, though it's not even Will Ferrell's best Christmas film, in my opinion. Um, in <laughs> another film that may or may not make someone's list, so um, yeah, it's it, it's it's very safe and um, it's abs- absolutely fine, satisfactory, mediocre, five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Which right. again, you can you can say five out of ten, and I'll take it because that's in reality that's what you'd give it. Yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. terrible, shitty CGI, well, stop-motion creatures for, in, for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, if we did this as a picture pod, you could pick this film apart but every single scene for how ludicrous it is. But it's just Christmas. <laughs> it's just <laughs> nice. And, and you've got James Caan as well, playing it absolutely straight <laughs> as a die in that 
a role which you think you could be having a bit of more fun with this, but he stays in role perfectly. It's just unbelievable. I just love it. It's obviously behind Die Hard because that's the best film ever. But other than Die Hard, it's my favourite Christmas film. I've got no words to say. Like, <laughs> Home Alone is much better. Um, right, so George, you said your number two was Anchorman. Does that feature yeah. in anybody else's list? Yeah, at number, t- at, uh, number three for me. Three for me as well. Cool, okay. So we can discuss Anchorman now then. George, kick <laughs> us off. Tell us why it's so damn good. It's damn so damn good because it's so damn stupid, isn't it? And it's not just—it's <laughs> yeah. not just Will Ferrell, though, is it? You've got Paul Rudd, um, Steve Carell, and oh, who who plays Champ Coin? He, he's mine. He's do you know what is that called again? No, you're asking. I have—I just thought of it, and as soon as you've asked the question, oh. it's gone out of my bloody head. I've just yeah. seen him in, in the Goldbergs when they were, that was just on. He was plays um... Davy da- Dave Kettner. Yeah, and it's just yeah, and it's just so. Like I said earlier, sort of moments with all feral films. I mean, Ron Burgundy is just an icon, isn't he? Some mm. of the stuff that goes on that film is just so fucking hilarious. Um, the fight scene for me is the best with all these cameos coming in. Yeah, yeah, like bloody Vince Vaughn, your, your favourite Andy, and then <laughs> you've got Amy Poehler's in that as well, isn't she? In the fight scene, I think. Yes, she is. Yes, Will Smith. I believe so. There. Um, it's just mental. I just Danny Trejo as well. David, yeah, Danny Trejo, Michelle Danny Trejo. Um, yeah, I just the film is just it's it's a completely stupid story. Now, obviously, well, he falls in love with um, a lady co-anchor Veronica Cornstone. Then she basically becomes the lead anchor. He has a meltdown like Will Ferrell does in every film, and then he he saves her in a bear pit, and then everyone lives happily ever after. So. <laughs> There you go. That, that's the for anyone who wants doesn't want any spoilers. I've sort of ruined it for you now. But it's how you get from A to B, isn't it? Like you know, <laughs> and everything in between. It's just so funny on it. And you know, even when um, oh, it's Seth Rogen, isn't it, on the motorbike? Can he just yeah. punch Baxter into the into the? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> even like just it's like scenes, isn't it? It's just like little scenes that just make it such a such a funny film. And like when you watch it, you want to laugh. Like. You don't want a serious film. You, you you know you can rip these any comedy film apart for anything, but actually the moments it's got and some of the scenes, it just yeah, just hilarious for me. Like it's so so funny and it's timeless. I think you can watch it so many times and still laugh at the same parts and maybe even laugh at other things as well. Have you ever seen the um, the outtake second film that they made? Yeah, yeah, incredible. Which is arguably better than the actual film itself. Yeah, the second yeah. one's good as well. Yeah, well, yeah, the outtake film. Yeah, is good. What's this? I've not, I've not heard of this. Yeah, it's like um, it was a two-part DVD, and like it was on white sleeve, wasn't it? Yeah. If I remember rightly, and he was wearing like a, like a burgundy suit, and it's basically just the outtakes of the film, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I don't yeah. Think yeah. It's it's in chronological order of the film. Yeah, but they, they kind of, they, they use it to it's make it kind of, a, yeah. It's really clever. Yeah. It's called um. Good morning, Ron Burgundy. I yeah, think something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's excellent. It's um because obviously a lot of what they did was um it's not scripted, so a lot of it was off the cuff. All improv. So you'll get the same scene several times, but with completely different catchphrases and stuff in there. So then they put that into the second film, and it makes it into its own beast. Yeah, it's, it's really much, good. It's far better than the actual official sequel, isn't it? 
Oh, God, yeah, yeah the, the official sequels. I, I've seen it, and I couldn't tell you anything that happens in it. It's just instantly forgettable. He makes friends with the dolphin, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> there's, 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 one, there's a few scenes in the second one that really made me howl with laughter, but it, as a as a piece, it's not it's not fantastic. No, it's not. There's funny the funny one thing that makes me laugh every time I see it. So it's 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 in my living room. Like I've got Ron Burgundy's book, get me off at the top, <laughs> and um, the front cover. The you know you normally get a quote from like an accomplished actor or something on your front cover is like a mm. to sell it. it would, it's just him saying I wrote a hell of a book. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh, and I don't know why because it's just a, something that Ron Burgundy would say. Um, if we're talking about well, first on Anchorman, it's like the film that sunk a thousand quotes, isn't it? Really, there's so much in that film that, that you would quote, and his supporting cast are excellent in it as well. And it's just, you know, it's the kind of film when the house party's winding down and people are starting to leave, but the people are staying over, want to put a film on to wind down with you. Whack, you whack on Anchorman, and you just have a laugh with it, or you need to pick me up. You put Anchorman on. You just want something while you're fidgeted on your phone. You put Anchorman on. It's just, it's just excellent. I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's, it's um, the probably literally for hipster reasons only. It's because it's so beloved. It's probably the reason why it's not my number one <laughs> for hipster reasons only. Yeah. Which, when we talk about kind of ad libbing though, and um, and the kind of bloopers or the gaffes, there are no better bloopers when it comes to Will Ferrell than Eastbound and Down. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't, pause the podcast now. I'll never say that again. Pause <laughs> the podcast. Get on YouTube and watch it. There's a scene where they're trying to say that he 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 feels the tension in his plums, basically, <laughs> and it's the way he says it and his delivery of it, and like Bernie Max in it, he can't stop laughing. It's so funny to the point where it became a catchphrase of me and my friends. I was at the Gifford once, so drunk. I don't remember any of this. We live streamed to YouTube was saying about our plums. Didn't know about it. Five <laughs> days later, we see somebody at work and they were like, man, you guys were drunk, weren't you? We were like, huh? What do you mean? Oh, you were, all like, you, you were on YouTube. We had a notification because I've got like a gaming channel. Who <laughs> like, popped up was doing like Will Ferrell outtakes. Just, you have to watch it. It's so funny. Is this, you, is this still up there? No, it's long deleted. <laughs> That's a shame. Believe you me. What I love about Anchorman, it's probably the the film of his with the biggest cultural impact. Like, like you said, nothing else has got the quotability of Anchorman. Like Sex Panther. Yeah. 50% yeah. of the time, it works 100% of the time. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> the uh, You're a smelly pirate whore. Uh, smelly pirate hooker. Tits McGee. Like, I, I don't think Will Ferrell's got a film that has had that, has left that much of a mark. And that's before you even look at his co-stars. So you look at, um, obviously, Paul Rudd. People knew who Paul Rudd was before that film. But he didn't become, like, superstar Paul Rudd until after Anchorman. I think that was the film that changed him from just being a, a decent all-rounder to the go-to guy for a Paul Rudd type. It also helped Steve Carell with The Office, didn't it, after season yeah. one? He filmed that after season one, or it re- was released after season one, and then all of a sudden people loved um, Brick Tamland, and then all they were like, right, let's watch The Office, because Steve Carell's the main person in it, and that's where all that popularity come from, from that as well. Absolutely. 
And I think that it's even had the knock-on effect. So even someone like Seth Rogen has then gone on to have a much better career because he's quite closely tied in with um, Steve Carell, thanks to 40-Year-Old Virgin, which Steve Carell probably wouldn't have done had it not been for something like Anchorman. Yeah. So I think this film's actually had quite far-reaching cultural impact. I think that's excellent. That's why it's my number two. There is one film that I think is a better film, but it's probably not a more important film but we'll get to that in a minute we'll get to that in a minute so i think we should just do a few honorable mentions for myself i've gone with the other guys literally just because the rock is in it what more (laughs) reason do you need uh the other couple i've got i doubt you'll have had these in 30 rock i'm a huge fan of 30 rock and it's uh it's based around 30 rockefeller center it's about a tv show and they do these fake advertisements for a TV show starring uh, Will Ferrell. And the show's called Bitch Hunter. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> just watch the clips on YouTube of Bitch Hunter. It's just two adverts for a show, but it's great. And also there's the short Funny or Die clip where called The Landlord, where he gets bullied and abused by this child who plays his landlady. It's really funny. Again, that's worth watching. And I listened to a podcast today called Smartless, which is uh, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. And Will Ferrell was the guest on it. And it was really interesting to hear him talk about his life growing up and everything that you just don't know. I I haven't seen a lot of interviews with him to know more about him than the work he's doing. So it's quite interesting to hear about his, his father was a musician and he's kind of been around the business for a while. So it's just really interesting to hear a different story. So that they're my honourable mentions for Will Ferrell. Matt, what are yours? I only put one really because we've we've discussed the majority of the films I wanted to talk about, and and to be fair, the house would have been would have been on an honourable mention as well. I do have quite a lot of love for, and it's quite relevant now. The campaign. I don't know if you saw the campaign. Yes. With yeah. uh, Zach Gilifanakis, if I pronounce that Galifianakis, right. Galifianakis, yeah. Galifianakis. Um, he's quite a funny. Um, Again, it's it's Will Ferrell as a, as a slightly more straight laced, root and tooting American, um, but there's a it, it has a couple of like sh- the shocking scenes that make you laugh, but they make you go at the same time. Um, and it's quite it's quite a sweet in parts, and it's it's okay. It's not fantastic. I probably wouldn't watch it again. Before that ninety minutes, I watched it. I I, I enjoyed it, and it, it's 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 a bit throwaway, but. Um, with obviously everything that's going on in uh, the USA at the minute and the presidential elections, it's probably a good time to watch it just to <laughs> see how the peop- people will be manipulated into pretty much voting for anything. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the weird thing, watching that film and then seeing like the American race. You realise that it, it's really difficult to satirise what's going on in America because the truth is much more batshit than the, the yeah, fiction yeah, yeah. that they've written about it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Stu, your honourable mention. Lego Movie. He's, that features um... on my list, so. Oh. Mm. We'll, we'll say no more. <laughs> Jordan. All mine have been said. Um, old school Eurovision and um, Blaze of Glory for my three. So they've all been covered in the top five, which is good. Would we, would we argue that semi-pro is the worst of his sports films i've not seen it it looked awful uh 
No, 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 We're gonna have a we're gonna have a proper Trump Biden debate about this, mate. I'm telling oh, my you. Lord above. Oh, you just my Lord above. cracked something here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do a quick rundown of our five to two. So mine is the House, Blades of Glory, Anchorman, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Matt. So we've got uh, Eurovision, uh, Talladega Nights, Anchorman, and Step Brothers for me. Stu. Old school Talladega Nights, Anchorman, and Elf. George. Talladega Nights, Wedding Crashers, Step Brothers, Anchorman. Okay. So my number one, as is basically announced, is the Lego movie. Does that feature on Matt or Stu's lists? No. No, because it's not the Batman Lego movie, basically. Oh, I mean, the Batman Lego movie is fucking like it had no reason to be good, but it was yeah. great. But <laughs> that's another uh, another discussion for another part. <laughs> but also, actually, the Lego movie. This I remember when it was announced. I thought this is going to be the drizzling shit, and it ended up being this fantastic, heartwarming, beautiful story. Like you don't sort of fully get the picture until right at the end of it, but it's such a rip roaring adventure through this this universe that you don't even realize what's going on i think it's lovely it's not the best will ferrell performance he's in it fleetingly really he's the villain of the piece but it's more about mm. I, I was going to call him andy then because i'm a big fan of parks and rec yeah, chris pratt it's um it's about his character trying to get through the universe and, and make it all safe but I, I just love the Lego movie. It's something that I will quite happily sit and watch. I've got a massive, like, I don't watch a lot of kids' films generally, but I think that's one that can be watched and re-watched many times, and it's always enjoyable. And it should have been terrible, but it was really, really funny in the end, and I just love it. I think it's, a, I think it's probably the best all-round film of Will Ferrell's career, personally. Do you um, sing Everything is Awesome to yourself at night? No, not at night. I will, I will sing along <laughs> with the film when it's on. <laughs> when I see the first time I saw it, I couldn't get that stupid song out of my head for days on end. Yeah, and... I could even, it, it's very um, infectious, isn't it? It really gets you. Yeah, I, I really like it, I and mean, that's why it was honourable mention. I just, I didn't put it in because he's not in it that that much. Other than you got the, when he is in the real world sections as well. But yeah, it's just a, it's an excellent film, and he's. Strangely heartwarming as well. Yeah, it is. It's really beautiful. And to be fair, the sequel is as well. It, like about, obviously, the relationship between the kid and his sister and how we should all just play together and be happier people with it all. And I think that's a really good message to, to send out. Yeah. Mm. Matt, what's your number one? So my number one is The Other Guys. Um, it starts off with a massive bang. And I, when I... Because I knew who was in it, and it starts off with The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. I thought, what the hell's going on here? Like, this isn't the film I thought it was. Have I stumbled into the wrong film or whatever? Um, and then they just then they just get KO'd and wiped out at the start of the film. Um, and I think it's a real, in the same way that, um, it, ironically, the same the same way in uh, Kick-Ass sets the tone of the film um, straight away. This does as well. Um, and I think Will Ferrell plays two roles in this as well. He plays, obviously, this super straight-laced, role but then he plays his pimp alter ego as well and i think he does that really really well um and that's that, that's that you know we, we talk about crazy cage we like that we like that and, that, and that's what term will ferrell does as well and i think um 
Wahlberg's really good in this as well. The, because, because I think because I, I really love Daddy's Home as as well, the two are a really good pair together. And you know, even Mendez, um, the, the the dynamic between Wahlberg and Mendez as well is really really funny. And he's just Will Ferrell's completely oblivious to it, and I think they play that off really well. And I I just Coogan, excellent in it, and the TLC references as well from um, Christ, I, I'm having a mind blank. Uh, Batman Keaton. It is Keaton in that in the other guys, isn't it? Um, I'm fairly certain it is. I can't I, remember. I've completely blanked on this film. This is going to be another one I haven't seen. This film, I just looked it up. I, I, it is going to be like a Kingsman thing where I know I should watch it, but I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, like, trust me, like it, it is really excellent. But it, I think it's one of these. It, it has flew a, a, under the radar in some capacity um, because it's not. It's not as abstract i guess as like anchorman or, or the role isn't quite as extreme or as as unsubtle so maybe that's why you know it hasn't quite got the fanfare that it should have but it's really excellent and i, and I it's my go-to if i'm going to watch a feral film and, and for that reason alone it has to be number one i think i need to revisit that film because all i can remember about it is the rock at the beginning i'm not a massive fan of marky mark so i don't watch a lot of Wahlberg movies generally so I think you've sold me. I think I need to give that one a second chance, to be honest, Matt. Excellent, I think I, I can't believe we forgot about Daddy's Home as well. Both of them are really, really fun films. Well, it's funny. It's because when you were talking about um, Christmas films, I assumed that you had uh, you had Daddy's Home too as your favourite Christmas film. No, it's it's going to be one of them where it's now going to be in the Christmas film rotation, <laughs> um, <laughs> which we'll get to later on. But yeah, it's. I really uh, is another one. I watched both of. I watched the first one to watch the second one at Christmas time, <laughs> so it felt natural um, with tinsel and everything. And oh, I've gone overboard this year because there's nothing else to spend any money. I've got two trees. So I've got Fuck one. Other, so I can have one in the background there, so you can look at it all the time. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, Daddy's Daddy's Home, Daddy's Home Two, really good, really fun films as well. Just uh, honourable mentions. I've not seen either. Um, I didn't even know about the first one until the second one was out, and I don't yeah. like um, Gibson, so I thought, fuck it, I'm not going to bother. Well, that, that's, that was exactly the same thing, because I saw the... I know we could, after uh, after the new Mel Gibson film that you've been there, sent the trailer for and you didn't like. Yeah, yeah. And um, I do like Walton Goggins. Uh, the film's Fat Man, if you haven't seen the trailer. Walton Goggins looks really good in it, but it's Mel Gibson in it. Yeah, he's, he's got questionable views, but and we all questionable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was the same. I hadn't seen, the, I hadn't heard of the first one at all until the second, the trailer for the second one came out, and I thought, well, now I have to. So I watched them both back to back. So it's a good afternoon. Mm. Right. So, what was your number one pick, Stu? Play Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be the greatest film of the year 10 out of 10 it's this and Hamilton has been the most talked about thing <laughs> Andy removing the headphones there this and Hamilton have been the most talked about things on this podcast in this whole run yeah they have <laughs> it's just superb as a, as a massive Eurovision fan as a massive fan of camp and of nonsense 
This ticks absolutely every single box. Don't need an explanation. It's just class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've spoke about, or you've spoke about it enough in enough glowing terms that we don't really <laughs> need to deep dive into this one. Obviously, Matt, you're also a big fan of Eurovision, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. It, this, you know, it's probably the, the most dramatic as a film on my list but it, it's not a drama at all before it puts anybody off but it's the sweetest film it's the film with the most heart for me um and it's massively camp and the musical numbers are fun and good in it and it's just something a little unusual and it's another one of these random pierce brosnan with a beard cameos <laughs> that we've seen stumbling across as well with an um, accent like, again yeah with an accent again like we're, like in the latest fan cast episode when we looked at final score um, yeah, I love it. It's it's great. I probably if 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 I'm going to do anything related to uh, this podcast this evening, I'm probably going to go watch Eurovision after this. I think. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, you're a fan as well, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's his best one for a long, long time. And I think that I've only watched it once. I think if I watched it more than once, it may have been higher up. I, I thought he's. I think he's been pretty mediocre for a while, and um, I really like the film. I just think it's funny. It's just. It's just. In a real shit year, it put a smile on my face. So, yeah, I've got a lot of love for it as well. I think it's cracking. That, that's completely fair. You are right. I mean, there's there hasn't <laughs> been much to particularly celebrate this year. And it is heartwarming. It's not particularly my cup of tea generally, but it, it is a heartwarming film, I guess. Yeah. So on to your number one then, Jordan. Well, Matt's sort of... I know we're going to argue about this now. My number one Will Ferrell film is Semi-Pro. <laughs> And I'll tell you the reasons for why. So, it was it come out the first time I saw it. I was at first year at uni, and again, where I say it's films for moments. I think me and my friends could quote this film back to back. Like it's just so funny. Like it's stupid. It's basically about a man called Jackie Moon who owns the Flint Tropics, and they're about to get taken over. The league's basically about to get murdered. Well merged into the NBA and the Flint Tropics aren't good enough to be an NBA team. So they have to fold at the end of the season. Flint Tropics are crap. And um, Will Ferrell is the owner, captain, <laughs> chairman, all this sort of stuff. And um, basically he says he wants to get to the NFL, and um, in the NFL, the NBA. And um, they say, if you want to be in the NBA, you've got to come fourth place. And it's all about coming fourth in the league. And that's, yeah, it's just about from there all the way to getting to fourth and everything mad in between so people are dancing the film he fights a bear and he wrestles a bear <laughs> um, to raise money <laughs> um, he basically does all the half time dancing and shows as well in between the games um, Woody Harrelson's in it you're a massive fan oh, of I love Woody Harrelson and he, and he buys Woody Harrelson for a washing machine um, <laughs> so it's just there's just so many like just funny skits in it, and I can't believe Matt hates it. I can see on his face he fucking hates it. <laughs> no, no, let's 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 have, let's have it right. Uh, hate's a strong word. <laughs> well, I'll do. I think... I'd recommend anyone to watch. Give it a chance because honestly, it, it, I just think it's a, a very very funny film, and it probably ain't got the love it deserves. And there's probably a reason why I would probably see it in rose tinted glasses. But for me, it's my favourite feral film, and uh, yeah, I, I just love it. Just yeah, he ends up having like a bit of an argument with a, with a 
the vicar as well, who happens to be the referee in the, all the league games is a vicar, and he tells him to suck suck my cock or I'll murder your father, uh, murder your family, father Pat, and it's sort of just stuff like that. It's, it's just, it's just look at you laughing, and I haven't even delivered it well. There you go. Just honestly, just please, whatever you do, just watch Semi Pro and just let me know what you think. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but I think it's fantastic. Okay, I'll, I'll I think I want to give that a go actually. <laughs> that, Matt, did you watch it again? No, my oh, that was a, a glowing review enough for me that I will watch it again. And I, and I think you 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 nailed it on the head. Really, like there are loads of funny elements to it. And, and because we've done a bit more research into feral films, I think I'll probably enjoy it more now, knowing the funnier bits that you that you enjoy from it. It's yeah. just um like Tyler Dagonite's for me he's, he's by far the funniest sport film but that doesn't necessarily mean semi-pro is a bad a bad thing at all um and i the fact that it's like in a moment in time in your life where it was like really important and it becomes those those films that like you, you share with your friends it, that's class that's why like insidious for me is like one of my favorite horror films not because it's any good but because like every halloween party with me and my friends are watching insidious and, and tom one of the guys who listens to this show regularly he's such a he's such a baby when it comes to horror films <laughs> and he would literally get batshit scared at this film and that's why it's so great so it's, it's really good that you have that in this film yeah but that's sort of i know i meant i messaged um you after the um the last episode you did where i said with wreck about being a foreign yeah. film that yeah that was with friends as well and that's that's terrifying because a, it's terrifying because the film's terrifying it's all on handheld anything on handheld cameras just makes it feel realistic and i fucking hate it um, second of all, it's because you're watching the subtitles. It, you can't not watch the screen. Of course, yeah. if you, well, it's not, unless you can speak Spanish, which, from my thick Wolverhampton accent, obviously I'm not fluent in Spanish either. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you have to just concentrate. So, yeah, and you like to say, it's f- f- films are very much moments with friends and family, aren't they? And you've got that's why they resonate with you. And, yeah, semi pro for me is just class, just so good. Well, or Andy who likes to watch his film alone, <laughs> completely alone. Doesn't want to... <laughs> alone, in the dark, in silence. No, no. <laughs> Unless it's actual horror films where you're too scared and you have to have the lights on in the daytime. Oh, but that, that's only ones which seem to be recorded via laptops. So that, that, that's literally only unfriended and host. That, that seems to be my horror kink almost. It just fucks me up. <laughs> So that is us done for this week. And it's really interesting that Matt brought up Insidious there because our next two films for the picture pod, one of them is Insidious Light, I'd say, as we're going to be watching a film called Pay the Ghost. Insidious Shite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that does sum it up. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to be watching Pay the Ghost for our Halloween episode and we're also going to be watching a film called mom and dad from 2007 17 sorry please watch mom and dad from 2017 i know i wanted you to watch left behind because it was the worst but this is genuinely a really fun film it's technically a horror but it's not horrific it's just great fun so if you're going to watch one film in the next fortnight or next week sorry make sure you watch mom and dad so if you've got any opinions on our top fives or if you'd like to share your top five Will Ferrell films, please drop us a line. You can get us on the Twitter at CageFightingPod or you can email us to CageFightingPod at gmail.com. 
So for this week, Stu, would you like to say goodbye? The elves went too far. Goodbye. <laughs> Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Before I get out my ya-ya ding-dong, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan, thanks a lot for joining us this week. And would you like to say goodbye? ta <laughs> And from me, as it's Mental Health Month, more now than ever, please be excellent to each other. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been, when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day. And we know the night is always gonna be there anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon delight Rubbing sticks and stones together make a sparks ignite And the thought of loving you is getting so exciting Sky rockets in flight Afternoon delight You guys have it, I think Afternoon delight Afternoon delight I'm gonna make a phone call there. Pressure this up.